0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Welcome to the Schmo Zone, where the air is thin, the sports get heavy, with your hosts, the dynamic duo, Dave Schmollinson and Helen Yi.
2: What is up, party people? Welcome back to the Schmo Zone. I'm Dave Schmollinson,
0: And I'm Helen Yee, sports.
2: And welcome back to the Schmo Zone here on ESPN Radio Las Vegas on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon here in Las Vegas after an eventful week, an eventful Super Bowl here in Las Vegas.
0: Yeah, we had quite the eventful week. So eventful that, I mean, don't tell anyone who's following my swimming, but I think I gained a few pounds, maybe 5 to 10.
2: Nobody is counting. <laughs> nobody is watching. Luckily,
0: you can't see me.
2: No, Luckily, we can't see you, but it was definitely worth it because this was such an amazing weekend here in Las Vegas. It has everybody wondering, why don't we have the Super Bowl here every single year moving forward?
0: I know. Maybe I'm biased, but I will say being born and raised here in Las Vegas having the first Super Bowl here, it was so incredible. I had so much fun. It felt so like nonstop, like we were always somewhere doing something. Or for you as the Schmo, interviewing so many people, I think you interviewed like 47 interviews this week.
2: I typically average 20 to 25 interviews a month as the Schmo in five days, 47 interviews. It was absolutely bonkers. There was so much going on. But again, what makes this city so special is the logistics, the planning. Yes. Everything was at Radio Row and Mandalay Bay, the Fan Fest, the logistics to go in and out, how close it was to Allegiant Stadium, all the events going on on the Strip, off the Strip. I know there's traffic. I know there's a lot of people coming here, but you just can't deny how easy you can travel from point A to point B with all the transport transportation methods here in Sin City.
0: And I know I have zero say in this, but if I did have a say, I would love for the Super Bowl to be here every year. It was so convenient and, yeah, just such a great time. But, Dave, was 47 interviews, was that your record for most interviews in a week?
2: It has to be. And there were quality names, too. I'm just going through some of the names that I've already interviewed that are already posted. LaShawn Shady McCoy, Matt Ryan, Donovan McNabb, Robert Griffin III, Cam Newton, Kurt Warner, Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, and we're going to play some clips here shortly over some topics that we're going to get into, but it was just such an eventful weekend with so many legends here in town, and some of these legends, and one takeaway, Heinz Ward said, why don't we have the Super Bowl here every single year?
0: Yeah, and you interviewed Lawrence Taylor. Yes. That was a cool interview when it was outside. It started to rain, but you know what? We're so used to that type of environment where we will do interviews anytime, anywhere. Doesn't matter if there's rain, doesn't matter if there's snow, doesn't matter if it's 1 a.m., doesn't matter if we have to drive 12 hours in the middle of the night to go interview.
2: And that was Friday evening at the Legends Party here in Las Vegas at Area 15. But that's the best time to get these guys, the red carpet events. They're all in a jolly mood. Some of them are liquored up. Some of them are sober, but they just have a lot to say. They're excited. I come in with this high energy, playing the character of the Schmo. And then I ask them about some cool things going on in their life. And then I hit them with some, you know, hard-hitting questions about maybe who's on their Mount Rushmore of all-time NFL wide receivers, quarterbacks, or what their team should be doing in the NFL draft. Just things to to really get their brain going and catch them off guard, but getting the real, true, authentic answers.
0: And one of them was so authentic, I'm not going to give the name away yet, but he revealed something about a specific player, a quarterback who may never get a Super Bowl ring.
2: That's right. We're going to play that shortly. That quarterback is Matt Ryan, who's on the broadcast for CBS, and one of the greatest quarterbacks to not win the Super Bowl. Asked him a really (laughs) deep, in-depth question in regards to who he thinks is on his Mount Rushmore of best quarterbacks of all time that have not won a Super Bowl. And it was pretty interesting what he had to say about a quarterback who actually is still indeed playing.
0: I know. I, I'm i just like, well, you kind of saved him a little because I think he maybe would have went off a little more. And that fan base, I, I know they're intense fans, so I'm not going to say it yet. The
2: that team's fan base <laughs> is intense fans, but I want to circle back to the game before we go into that uh, that conversation because it was an electric game. It was an overtime game, and there was some controversy because there are some players just, even on both sides, questioning, what are the rules of overtime? Did I win this game? Um, did we make the right move? And I just think that's such a buzz going on right now in sports conversation about these rules and overtime and how that game went. And you got teammates pointing fingers at each other. It's, it's kind of a, a madness type of scene.
0: But here's my thing. It's like how – I know the rules are new, right, or new were for especially super time or Super Bowl overtime. But how does the head coach not get the rules – into each player's head and I know maybe they think okay the likelihood of a Super Bowl game going into overtime maybe not be that likely so let's not really talk about the rules but how like as a head coach shouldn't he be the leader and I'm not necessarily blaming it or faulting it on Kyle Shanahan but like if this many players on their team are coming out saying that they don't know the rules then someone's not doing their head their job and it's kind of the head coach's job, in well, my opinion?
2: everybody could play Monday morning quarterback, or in this case, Tuesday afternoon quarterback, because Michael Hardman, who caught the game-winning touchdown, that three-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes in the end zone, he did not automatically think, oh, the game is over. It didn't register it in his mind that this is it. We've won the game until he saw all of his teammates celebrating. Everyone come running over. We won. We won the game. But these new rules in the NFL postseason, that was changed back in March 2022. That was less than two years ago that these rules came into effect because, listen, I mean, I love the way college football plays with their overtime rules, having each team getting the opportunity to score and to match and whatnot. The old rules in the NFL is if you get the coin toss and you elect to to get the ball first or your team gets the ball first, you get the opportunity to march down the field, whether it's a field goal, whether whether it's a touchdown, first score wins. Well, I'm glad they changed those rules, but... What made it very interesting is, so the Niners win the toss, but they elect to get the ball back first, regardless if they score a field goal or a touchdown. What it was a field goal in this situation, you're going to give the ball back to the Chiefs, and you're going to put the the ball back in the hands of Patrick Mahomes, the GOAT, and we're going to get there again because that's something I've been repeating now for the past three weeks on air is the GOAT, Patrick Mahomes, and why he's the GOAT, and yes, he proves it again. Why is the go? But we're going to get to that shortly, but let's continue talking about this game.
0: Yeah, well, then why do you think that Kyle Shanahan wanted the first possession?
2: Why did he want the first possession? It's momentum, right? It's you give the ball to Brock Purdy's hands. You take your team down to score a touchdown. Then you have this great defense all season. They go forward and they do their job. They get the stops that they need. But here's the whole ticker, and this goes back all full circle. This goes back to what Cam Newton was saying. And I asked him this question earlier this week about game manager versus game changer. You have the ball in the hands of your game manager, Brock Purdy. He gets you down the field. You get the field goal. You never, ever allow patrick mahomes to have the ball in the last possession of the game because the difference between a game manager and a game changer is that game changer is going to get a touchdown is going to win the game and and everything is hindsight is 50 50 if the chiefs took the ball first in the overtime possession how do you know that if they marched down and score a field goal they wouldn't have gone for two to, go for, to to make it an eight-point game rather than a seven-point game. And I believe that's the mentality that they would have taken into this overtime, here to win the game rather than to play it safe. And that's the difference maker there too, Helen.
0: And what's crazy too about the game is last week, sitting in this room, Ray Ray McLeod, I mean, yeah, look, I don't want to say, but in the third quarter he had a huge fumble.
2: Yes, he did. I mean, I know the ball hit off the leg of his teammates, but in that position, it is your responsibility to to create space around you, to tell your teammates, move, move, ball, ball, live, live, to get out of the way, to get out of the way. And yes, to his credit, he tried, once the ball hit his teammate, he had to jump on the ball. He t- tried to grab it. Unfortunately, he fumbled and change of possession, the Chiefs get the ball. And when you give Patrick Mahomes more possessions to win yeah. the game, this is what happens. And, yes, there was fumble early on in the game from Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, but also Tony. Pacheco. Or, uh, yes, Pacheco, the running back for the Chiefs, also fumbled. So that offset. But you give Patrick Mahomes more possessions, I mean, you're playing with fire. You're eventually going to get burned.
0: Well, what's interesting is I know that coming up, For this fall, when you do your fantasy football league draft and stuff like the favorites to win next year's Super Bowl is actually the Niners as it I
2: stands saw. today I mean yeah. they are the most complete team if you look at it from top to bottom they were favored to win this Super Bowl they were my be- beginning of the season pick them and the Ravens I'm not shy to say it but obviously then Patrick Mahomes did what he did he took care of business and the playoffs at home he won against the Dolphins then it goes on the road and Buffalo beats the Bills, then goes on the road to beat the best team in the AFC record-wise and Lamar Jackson, the MVPs, Baltimore Ravens, and he got the job done. And then here he is in the Super Bowl, and he wins it again.
0: Can't wait for your GOAT talk video. But before we get to that, though, Cal Shanahan, he's now 0-3 in Super Bowls in his career and 0-2 as a head coach. So... What like At what point do you start to kind of reconsider? Like, should we find
2: a new coach? Yeah. That's a great question, Helen. When I think about that question, I just look at the other side of the field. I look at Andy Reid, who was the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles from 1999 through 2012. And let me just tell you this. He lost three straight NFC championship games from 2001 through 2003. And then he went back and won it in 2004. To bring those Eagles to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. We know what happened there. You know, yeah. it was the infamous game of Don McNabb uh, throwing up, Terrell Owen playing on one leg, and the Eagles came up short uh, against the Patriots. He went off to, you know, he still continued coaching for the Eagles, and he went to another NFC championship game back in 2008 when they lost to the Cardinals, I know, but then eventually got to the point where he needed a change of scenery in 2013. That's when he went to the Chiefs. And let's not forget, before the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 2019, Patrick Mahomes' first Super Bowl with the Chiefs, Andy Reid's first Super Bowl victory as a coach, head coach. They lost in the AFC Championship game in 2018, the year before, to the Patriots. So it's all about timing. It's all about personnel, persistence, and maybe Kyle Shanahan... Even though this team is absolutely stacked, could be better off eventually with a change of scenery, but he is certainly one of the premier head coaches in the NFL, and nobody nobody can doubt that.
0: Yeah, and I will add that his losses as the head coach of the Niners, it's been to Andy Reid and the Chiefs, so.
2: There it is. We've been teasing this. I've been talking about this GOAT debate. Um, I talk about how Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT during the week. I talked to a bunch of NFL legends to see what their take was. And this was, again, let me say before the game actually took place. You're going to hear from three-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle Taylor Lewan, future NFL Hall of Fame quarterback Matt Ryan, actor Rob Riggle, Heisman Trophy winner Johnny Manziel, Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman, former NFL linebacker Will Compton, comedian Burt Kreischer, Chiefs offensive coordinator Matt Nagy, six-time Pro Bowl quarterback Donovan McNabb, and three-time Pro Bowl running back Chris Johnson. The schmo spoke to all these guys and asked them the go question, Brady or Mahomes? Everyone's talking about Patrick Mahomes, man, in this go conversation. What's it going to take for him to surpass Tom Brady? Is it seven rings? Yeah, it's seven rings. If he gets this one this
3: week, he enters the chat. He enters the room of the conversations, doing what he's done. If you look at them statistically, if he wins this one, they'll both have three after six years. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, his QBR is better. His touchdowns and interceptions is better. Yards per game are better. There's a lot of things where he, if he keeps the trend up, he will beat Tom Brady. I guess if you're judging it by rings, yeah, you know, he'd have to at least get there and tie. He's got a ways to go, you know, and if he can get this one, I guess it's uh, number three. It's gonna be hard though. Tom played, you know, basically until 45 years old and that doesn't happen very often. So he's got a long way to go. I grew up in Kansas City, I'm a lifelong Chiefs fan. So having said that, yes, I do think uh, Patrick Mahomes is uh, going to be in the pantheon of great quarterbacks
1: in the history of the game. No, he's not the go yet, but he's well on his way. He's on his way. On his
4: way. I mean, if he's playing goddamn well right now. I tell you that right now. He's a stud. He's without a doubt the game's best quarterback. And uh, he keeps on playing the way he is, and he can be durable, and he can go through the transformations of his team. He's going to go through two or three teams. You know, you got to start putting him up there, but until then, no.
1: The, the go conversation, I, I mean, it's not – Patrick has walked in the room of the go conversation but to say he's even close right now to Tom Brady is asinine Tom Brady was at the peak over three generations 24 years schmo you're saying he's not even sniffing his jockstrap No okay not right now
3: He's right up there with Joe uh, with uh, with uh, Joe Montana he's got a long way to go to get Brady a long way to go I think so I mean he's, we're looking at playoff wins. I think Brady's got 25 he's at 13 right now. I don't know. I think he's got it in him. I think he's got a good group around him, too. I, I I root for Patrick Mahomes. I like that guy.
1: I think right now Patrick's doing a pretty good job at his age. Tom Brady did a pretty good job at his age as well. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. Patrick still has a lot of football left in him.
5: I mean, for him to win this Super Bowl, that would be three. You know, Tom has been to six, seven, you know, eight Super Bowls, um, and he's been very successful in the AFC appearances as well in the AFC championship. So for him to kind of be on that path, says a lot about the success that he's had so far. Yeah, yeah, he's getting there. But I feel like um, I feel like you can't talk about all-time great and things like that until he's finished. Fair play. Not why he's currently playing, but like, I get what you're saying because you know they throw Mahomes' name in there when.
2: Yeah.
5: Yeah, so.
0: That was interesting. Very interesting. And I'd like to add to that, I think I saw that Patrick Mahomes said, Quote, to me, it will always be tough because Brady beat me in the Super Bowl. So I actually think that's a good point.
2: That is a great point. But here I am, the contrarian, and I'm just going to argue with the eye test and argue with what I see here because Patrick Mahomes at the apex. And this is, and I take this GOAT debate and I think about all professional sports because one of the sexy topics in basketball is who's the greatest basketball player of all time and Jordan and LeBron right? But if you go by longevity, if you go by all the records, you're going to go by LeBron James. That's who you're going to believe is the greatest basketball player of all time. Because when it's all said and done, the amount of games played, the amount of points scored, all the statistics, all the accolades, even though he doesn't have the amount of rings and he's not going to have that winning percentage in the playoffs that Jordan did, um, you're going to argue with LeBron. But when you argue Jordan, it's... NBA defensive MVP, 6-0 in the NBA Finals. At his apex, the scoring champion, made his teammates better. You look at all the rings, you look at all of the awards, you look at what he did, not changing teams, everything of that nature. At his apex, game on the line. You take in Michael Jordan, you take in LeBron James. I argue Michael Jordan. Every single throw that Tom Brady, bringing this back to Mahomes and Brady, every single throw that Tom Brady can, can throw... Patrick Mahomes could do, plus more with the athleticism and his legs. I mean, three Super Bowls now – He is the MVP for all of them. This isn't Adam Venatieri bailing out with a field goal. This isn't a Malcolm Butler goal line stance interception to win. This isn't an immaculate catch from Julian Edelman, MVP. And yes, we heard from him just now. I just think skill for skill, pound for pound, with the game on the line. If you have Patrick Mahomes ending the game with the ball in his hands, you can count on him to win the game. And we're seeing this time in and time out. And this was just so impressive especially him going on the road this postseason with not the best talent around him that he's had like look when they got rid of Tyreek Hill a couple years ago the bet one of the best deep threats in the NFL no one thought that they would continuously be coming back to these championship games and then winning the Super Bowls winning these past couple of years and that's they have done and Rice their rookie their second round pick being their top receiver uh, for this team in this offense man Patrick Mahomes is the guy but look we can go on all day with this we are going to open this thing up to our audience. Call us at
0: Yeah, give us a call, Damon. I I think he has, he has the number.
5: At
2: 702-364-1100. What should we do? Maybe our fifth caller after break. We're going to take calls yeah. from a fifth caller. So give us a call. You know the number.
5: We just said it. 702-364-1100.
2: Stay Thank tuned. Thank you, Damon. Let's talk more football. The schmo zone, baby. <laughs>
1: welcome back where your host dave schmollenson and helen Yee, peel back the curtain in the vegas sports
2: world and beyond
0: welcome back to the schmo zone i'm helen Yee,
2: and i'm dave schmollenson
0: and we are recapping a great super bowl super eventful and i know david just got on a passionate rant about why he thinks patrick mahomes is so great and the last time i heard that you were so passionate about a player was Michael Jordan.
2: Yep, and that's who I compared him to because that's what he's doing here in the NFL. But I also said before we went to break, we were going to kick it to caller number five because we appreciate our listeners here on the Schmo Zone, ESPN Radio Las Vegas, and uh, we want to hear from you. So without further ado, let's kick it to the man who called
4: number five. Tim, you're up. Hey, on the Scottsdale Serengeti. I love the Schmo Zone and Helen Ye Sports, so huge congratulations on your new show. Thank that you. A, a comment and question for the Schmo, and a comment and question for Helen, if time allows. So first, the comment, since you guys have been kicking around uh, overtime quite a bit in the Super Bowl, I'm just going to say Coach Shanahan boned. He boned big time. He showed no belief in his defense. Uh, if I was him, i put the defense on the field first, try and stop him. If you stop him, you march down, you kick a field goal, you get a ring. But something you haven't covered is the missed PAT. Now, I'm not a kicker. I played free safety in college. I got respect for kickers. And I think it's tragic for the niner kicker that people are bagging on him for the missed PAT, because last time I checked, his line didn't push the defense far enough away to keep them from blocking the PAT. So, Schmo, what's your take on that? Is it, is it the 49ers' line fault, or is it the kickers' fault? Or both, maybe. Well,
2: everything is hindsight's 50-50, because if we recall, Jake Moody hit a record 55-yard field goal to give the Niners an opening lead. And look, these things are not a shoe. And anything over 50 yards, as you know, Tim, that's not easy to come by. So... When it comes to special teams, there's a lot to break down there for. I'm not going to just sit here and harp on the rookie kicker, Jake Moody, because he made some big kicks in this game. And what it boiled down to, I think it's more of the coaching. I think it's players not understanding the rules of overtime and deciding what to do. Maybe he wanted to give the ball into his young quarterback's hands right off the gate, they're going to have some sh- momentum, as we say, Tim, go down the field, put some points on the board, leave it up to his defense to stop Patrick Mahomes, the GOAT, from either bringing his team down and tying the game with a field goal or scoring a touchdown. But I don't want to harp on Moody's missed PAT when we're not going to spend the time to talk about McCaffrey fumbling early on into this game too. I think I think you got to look at a lot of things holistically from the game Everything rebounded, but it all came down to what happened at the end of the game in overtime, and one team executed, the other team didn't.
4: Through that, through that, big time. So let me turn to Helen, uh, because I know time's precious. Uh, I've got Paris 2024 on my mind, always looking to see the USA on the gold medal stand. I've been following your videos on Helen Yee Sports on Instagram, and My comment is, you are training like a beast, an absolute beast, where you started, where you're now impressive. So just keep grinding the way you are. I know you're focused on the 53. what time do you need to qualify for the team, and where are you at? First off,
0: I really appreciate that. I know a lot of people – you know, who follow me and follow my swimming journey. Um, They always ask me like, you know, about the times and what do I need to do? I will tell you, I'm a little over a second away from Olympic qualifying for for Olympic trials. I compete at the end of this month. So that would kind of give me a better idea because my best time right now is from July 2023. So I'm hoping, you know, end of this month. Uh, like what, six months later, seven months later, I'll be able to be a lot faster. My goal is to get into the mid 26s uh, at the end of this month. And I've been working with a new coach, Katie Miller, who's been helping me a lot with breath work. So I'm now able to hold my breath the entire 50 meters. Um, So yeah, hopefully end of this month, I'll be less than a second uh, away from qualifying.
4: Well, I know lots of people are cheering for you. At best, I could do a five-meter freestyle swim. People don't stop to think about how short a 50-free is. So it seems like the start is big. Are you training especially on the start so you can blow out like a, a cannonball?
0: Yes. So I actually will be training and visiting someone tomorrow to work on my starts. But yeah, in a 50 meter free, everything is critical. And that's why I've been trying a lot on my breath work to hold my breath. But I really appreciate your support for swimming.
2: Thank you yeah. so much, Tim. We appreciate you calling in.
4: All right. God bless you guys.
0: Thank you.
2: Thank you, Tim. Oh, What what a great guy, Helen. He's, he's talking about our swimming. He's talking about Super Bowl. That that's really, really cool.
0: That's a true fan right there. And I really appreciate it. And sometimes it is a bit hard for me to talk about my swimming. One day I'll release a vlog. You know, I, I filmed part of it last summer. Didn't want to release it because the summer was a really big struggle for me. And sometimes I think for myself, I like to just do it And not really overthink it because I think sometimes my mind is my biggest weakness. But one thing that I want to say about the whole Super Bowl to kind of wrap up the Super Bowl talk is everybody loves watching the commercials and usually everyone who's not super into the game watches it for commercials. Um, I will say this year I believe was the first time the Super Bowl aired on Univision and The best commercial, I'm not biased, taking my bias out, but I think the best commercial that I've ever seen was actually the Super Bowl commercial that you did, Dave, and you were the schmo. You did it for Ford Country, and that was the most entertaining and best commercial ever.
2: Thank you so much, Helen. It was so much fun. We worked all month on it. Shout out to Ford Country. They are tremendous. If you need a car, you got to head to 2280 North Gibson Road, Henderson, Nevada here at the Ford Country dealership. The Schmo partnered with them. We did an awesome Univision Super Bowl commercial. You can check it out on the Schmo's YouTube channel at the Schmo312 for socials. And while you're there, make sure you check out at Helen Esports for Helen's content as well but it was so much fun we did that in spanish it was a football commercial super bowl shout out to zach byer who i worked with extremely talented putting everything together along with the ford country staff and man it was so much fun
0: i had the pleasure of watching it get filmed and it was a lot of fun like it was really cool because you filmed it in different parts different segments so at the time i wasn't fully aware of the entire storyline and how it would look coming together because you would film a scene like he wanted you to run drunk through the dealership, which Ford Country is awesome by the way. Very spacious in there too. And so that was cool like seeing that. And then I was like, wait, why is he running like that? And then seeing it get put together, it like it's incredible. So if you're out there listening right now, when you are at home, and not driving, you need to check it
2: out. And shout out to Green Valley High School and Coach Bush for allowing us to use the football field because there are some scenes on that football field. Ford Country was great. It was kind of surreal doing this, but I I had an absolute blast. And I do want to take one more segment now, go back to what we were talking about earlier, and talk about a quarterback who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, who brought something up that I think is going under the radar right now. Damon, I want to play the audio from the interview I did with Matt Ryan about what he said about a specific quarterback. Let's kick it to that. We're going to put you on the spot. Who are the greatest quarterbacks of all time, your Mount Rushmore, that never won a Super Bowl?
3: That never won a Super Bowl. you got to put Dan Marino on there. Number That's one. probably number one. Yeah. I think you look at some of the guys right now have a possibility of doing it, like Josh Allen. He could eventually end up there, you know, at, at some point. Um, Don't say that's a Buffalo fans; they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I know they won a Super Bowl, but right now he's yeah. I probably put him on there. You're probably right, Schmoe. That, that was a bad call. Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly's guy took it to uh, took it to the Super Bowl four times. Just an incredible player. I'm trying to think.
2: Great players. Um, all right, Schmo's going to intervene. Sure, we could just say Matt Ryan. Line. I'm not
3: going to go there. I'm we could not going to eh, go We're there, just going to go there. Yeah. Just right now. Yeah, it's so raining right. on us. We're yeah, braving the raining. elements. Keep going. Keep going.
2: Who's your favorite quarterback to watch in the NFL right now?
3: Uh, it's hard to go against Patrick Mahomes, right? Just, just the way that he competes and finds ways to win. He's awesome to watch. I love watching Lamar. You know, just how dynamic he is. Um, I didn't give you one. I gave you two. So those are two of my favorites right now to watch.
2: Wow.
0: I can't believe he said that.
2: Well, Matt Ryan, I mean, if you think about some of the best quarterbacks, obviously the first one that comes to mind, these are quarterbacks that did not win a Super Bowl, but the best in, in the NFL history that haven't won a Super Bowl, Dan Marino, you, he comes to mind. Matt Ryan comes to mind. Phillip Rivers, who he didn't say, comes to mind. And then, yes, you can start having conversations of some of those guys that are currently playing. But Josh Allen, man. Talk about a team, the Bills, that are just knocking on the door every single year. They are loaded. They are super talented. They are great with their line. They have such a dynamic quarterback. I feel like their running game was much more poised this season. Their defense is stout every year. They had home field, and obviously they lost this year to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But is that window shrinking, and is it a possibility that Matt Ryan— is right here, that Josh Allen might be one of those quarterbacks that doesn't win a Super Bowl. That's what's intriguing that he said that.
0: All I can think about is the place who has a Helen E pizza, that's a Buffalo Bills bar, uh Naked City pizza, and luckily, I don't think he heard that yet, but... I just, yeah, I can't believe he said that. There may be some pissed-off Bills
2: fans. There may be some pissed-off Bills fans. So I do want to follow up and say we also talked to wide receiver, Bills legend, Hall of Famer Andre Reid, and we asked him about the Bills, and uh, let's see what he had to say.
1: Dude, um, Josh is Josh, and I think people that are in Buffalo know that. I think people outside are going to criticize him a little bit differently than people in Buffalo. Um, I talked to him the other day, you know, on, on a radio row, and just a little bit. And I just was like this, and he was like, mm, you know, and he's a franchise. And in order for the Bills to get over that hump, that's the guy they got to have. So,
2: how's this morale right now when you
1: guys? I think spoke? He's good. I think he's good. He knows, you know, he's disappointed. We're all disappointed, you know. If we wake up and go down the steps and slip and fall, we're disappointed. We slipped. but I think he knows what the deal is. As long as they keep them guys. And they're going to lose some guys. As long as he keeps them guys in there, that core, um, the Bills will be back again.
2: Stephon Diggs part of that core?
1: I hope so. Yeah. Who knows? Um, every team's going to be changing a little bit.
2: You know, the Bills aren't the only team. Every team is. Who do you think they should target in the NFL draft? Like, what position do you think they need the most?
1: You know what? Always the skill positions are always the ones you got to get early. And a little bias? It. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm but just they saying, need it. Yeah. There's diamond in the, diamonds in a rough in every position. Um, offensive line is always what you need to protect your quarterback. Um, and they've done a great job the last four or five years in the draft.
2: There you have it. I mean, Andre Reed talking about the Bills. You know, you have Sean McDermott who's marching there every single year. You have a dynamic quarterback in Josh Allen. It'll be very interesting to see what the Bills do this offseason and if they're able to keep this core together because the windows are closing. Things change. This league is super competitive. Even you look at what happened in the NFC North this year with the emergence of a Jordan Love and how good the Packers were able to close out the season, become a wild-card team, and look, I mean, they were right there toe-to-toe playing against the Niners, and obviously it didn't go their way, but you look at how competitive they're going to be next season, things change, things go. I mean, every team is different, and you just have to wonder what's going to be up next for the Buffalo Bills. I just thought that was extremely interesting to hear that from those guys.
0: Well, as of February 13, 2024, do you have any super early Super Bowl predictions for 2025?
2: I think we're just going to have to wait to see what happens in the NFL draft. Uh, what are the Bears, the Schmoes, Chicago Bears going to do with that first overall pick? I've been going back and forth and thinking about it. It's like, what do you do? You have Justin Fields. And I, as a Bears, fan, for a Bears fan, when I'm not cheering for the Raiders, I was thinking, look, if he wins this last game of the year, against the Packers because Justin Fields has not beaten the Green Bay Packers. He could earn his job. He can take his job. He can secure his job. And they didn't get the job done. You look at Luke Etsy. He's now the uh, offensive coordinator here for our Vegas Raiders. Could there be a reunion of Josh Field and and, and here in Vegas? That could be interesting. I mean Caleb Williams, is he a generational talent? What do you do? With him, do you, you you draft him? Do you trade again? Is that going to be back-to-back years where you just get rid of that overall first overall pick and you keep Justin Fields? What is the tremendous growth? I mean, Damon, I'll kick it to you for this one. I see you're chomping at the bit. What would you do?
5: If I'm the Bears, I'm taking Caleb Williams. Okay. But I don't like the idea of the Raiders trying to pick up Justin Fields. If it was me, I would rather have Kyler Murray He's a, he's a bit more proven. He's already locked into his contract. With Justin Fields, it's not so much, oh, the jury's still out. I know he's on that Ricky deal, but I don't know if he's that guy. With Kyler Murray, with the pieces around him, we know that he's at least a player that could at least get you to the playoffs, and he has been successful. With Justin Fields, you haven't seen that yet. And this Raiders team, they're they are more ready to win now. With Antonio Pierce, they're definitely not going to try to rebuild, you know, not trying to retool it's just retool not rebuild they're not trying to tear it down with this Raider organization now that you made Antonio Pierce the head coach and the Bears would be stupid to not take Caleb Williams I know there's been some centrifuge of hey maybe he doesn't want to go to the Bears they've got in Washington they've got Cliff Kingsbury and he knew him because he was an offensive assistant at USC I don't want to hear any of that the Bears don't fold I don't care if he doesn't want to go to Chicago you make him come to Chicago and you take Caleb Williams
2: Yeah, this isn't going to be an Eli Manning situation. I don't think that's going to happen again like you saw with an Eli Manning, like you saw with a John Alway trying to just force their way into a city and choosing one over the other. I don't think it happens. And plus, the Bears have that ninth overall pick. Maybe you trade up. Maybe you package it with Fields. Maybe you can get that top wide receiver into Marvin Harrison Jr. There's a lot you can do with it. The Bears, Ryan Poles, has great problems to have, but it's interesting because I feel like the draft stock you brought up, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray I feel like would be a lot more expensive than Justin Fields in terms of draft capital in terms of assets to get him but it'll be interesting to see what they do in that front
0: didn't you talk to Kurt Warner earlier at Radio Row what what did he say
2: well Kurt Warner I mean look he I feel like with him I I'm not I'm trying to recall because my brain is just mush right now Uh, in terms of what Kurt Werner was saying, in terms of...
0: Well, he really got real on Caleb Williams as a generational talent.
2: That's right. And I think he wasn't sold on it yet, because what you do in college versus what you do in the pros is completely different, It's not established yet. So he isn't the type of person reflecting on it in that interview, because man, I feel like, so we did 47 interviews. I feel like that was one of the early tens interviews, but my takeaway from what Kurt Warner said was because if they're a generational talent in college, it doesn't translate to the pros and we see it. I mean, look, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant seventh round, last overall pick of the draft, what he did in college at Iowa state did not necessarily translate to the pros. He's exceeded what he did in college. Yeah. Um, in the pro level. So he made a good point there. It's interesting. It all comes down to personnel. It all comes down to coaching. If I'm the coaching staff, I am drafting the best players available. And it's a great argument to have because the cap hit with the Caleb Williams versus Justin Fields, completely different for the makeup and the dichotomy of the team. So that's kind of where you want to lead in that direction. If I'm a Bears fan.
0: Not a bad take, but we do have to head to another commercial break. When we get back though, UFC 298 will be in Anaheim this weekend watching a title fight go down and there's a lot going down apparently in that world so stay tuned you're listening to The Schmo Zone. Now
1: you're back into The Schmo Zone on ESPN Las Vegas.
0: Welcome back to The Schmo Zone. I'm Helen Yee
2: and I'm Dave Schmolton.
0: So this weekend, actually tomorrow morning, 5 a.m., we will be driving down to California, making a pit stop in San Diego to do some swimming and then heading to Anaheim for UFC 298. There's a big title fight this weekend between Alex Volkanovsky versus Elia Toporia, who you actually interviewed during all your Super Bowl interviews last week,
2: that's right. Had to make time for him. I mean, he is competing for his first opportunity at a gold strap in the UFC. Ilya Tapoya. He's fourteen and zero, and no shortage of confidence. Undefeated. Undefeated. Biggest takeaway from him too was saying that he's going to show Alexander Volkanovsky levels. Levels to this.
0: Interesting.
2: Interesting, especially after Volkanovsky daring to be great, coming off an opportunity at gold and the weight division 10 pounds heavier and the lightweight division at 155 pounds going up against Islam Makachev in that rematch. And Makachev was the first fighter to finish Volkanovski. So it turns heads when Ilya Tapoya says, I'm going to show him levels to this. And as the Shmoa is able to sneak in and say levels, like what he was able to do or not do against Makachev. And he kind of hinted and alluded to the fact that it will be even stronger than that performance.
0: Didn't he also try to choke you out?
2: Yes, he did. Uh, he definitely <laughs> choked me out. Uh, had, you okay? Had had a sore throat for three days after, just feeling the strength of his rare naked choke. All in fun and games, of course. Just some type of something different doing with the fighters. You know, sometimes I want to test their strength and their grip strength. And let me tell you this. If Ilya tapoya gets a hold of your neck, it's night-night game over. Until you tap, he'll put you to sleep. Yeah,
0: your throat was hurting so bad. I remember you waking me up in the middle of the night, and you're like, my throat, like just signaling how bad it was hurting. But I'm glad you're okay, and just don't ask him to choke you out this week, okay? I,
2: I mean, that's why, you know, it's part Especially of Especially
0: not when he's cutting weight.
2: It's part of the shtick. That's why I'm the schmo. And he's the pro. He certainly is. Uh, Cannot wait for that fight. It is huge. I mean, Volkanovski's been able to go through everybody in the featherweight division. And storyline for him coming off is where's his mind at? You know, you just, you know, you didn't get the job done against Islam, daring to be great. You had the rematch with him at 155. But nobody has been able to touch you in the 145-pound weight division. And now you have this next man in line in Ilya Teporia, Coming in with huge confidence, you've already beaten the who's who's in this division, the Brian Ortegas, the Max Holloways, multiple times, who many consider the greatest featherweight of all time. And he's been able to run through everybody. And here he is for another title defense in Anaheim, California at the Honda Center.
0: I'm super excited. And the co-main event, Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa. We have Jeff Neal versus Ian machado gary But this one fight I'm about to say right now, Marab Dvalishvili versus Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo, though, is a former two-division UFC champion in the flyweight division, beat arguably the MMA GOAT or one of the MMA Mount Rushmores, at least, Demetrius Johnson. He beat him, went up in weight, beat Dominic Cruz, became bantamweight champion, has an Olympic gold medal But everyone seeming, you know, to talk about right now is the fact that UFC, they post like these countdown shows on their YouTube channel and his coach, Captain Eric, who you know really well, Dave, apparently he fired him on camera and now people are speculating, was that real? Was it stage? And why did he do that if that was real?
2: Yeah, we we both know Captain Eric about a scene, uh, captain in the military, that's Henry's coach. That's where he gets the nickname too. And Henry Cejudo very, very well. I've spent a lot of time with Henry and Eric over the years and they have such a close-knit relationship with him. I mean, Eric was instrumental for bringing Henry into the UFC, coaching him up, bringing his confidence in, especially, you know, Henry's first experiences in the UFC didn't have success and it was coach Eric Abadassin who brought him that confidence, helped him with his weight cutting, told him you're going to be a world champion, believed in him and he's been with him every step of the way. But to... I guess fire him on camera like that on the countdown show. Is that real? Is that a work? We haven't confirmed it yet by seeing them in person yet. But if it was real, that was very, very low. And we can all agree to that, especially with knowing them personally and knowing what Eric has done for Henry in his career.
0: And it is a bit shocking because it's like Henry is so accomplished in combat sports. Like I just listed his accolades. Who, Who else can have Olympic gold medal? plus two-time, like two-division UFC champion, and then you pull that type of move, that just shows me, A, I mean, it's obviously the most disrespectful thing you can do, and B, where is the loyalty? Like, it actually makes me a bit disappointed in Henry for doing that when this guy's been with you since the Olympic Games.
2: Well, the co-main event is Paulo Costa-Robert Whitaker, and Paulo Costa... Uh, has been training Brazil. Coach Eric Abadassin has also been helping coach him too. I know Captain Eric Abadassin will be in Anaheim. Let's just hope this is a work and isn't a real thing because if it was a real thing, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more next week depending on the result. But if Henry Cejudo loses this fight, this might be the end for him. He's even talked about it. He might officially retire. The youngest Olympic wrestler in United States history to win a gold medal. Two-division champion, as you mentioned. Like, This could be his final fight if he doesn't beat Mirab because those guys are fighting for a championship opportunity, Helen.
0: Yeah, well, a lot's going to go down, but we will be driving down tomorrow. We always appreciate you listening to The Schmo Zone. Follow Dave at The Schmo 312. Follow me at Helen Yee Sports or The Schmo Zone at The Schmo Zone. And we will talk to you next Tuesday.